Good morning, everyone. I come today. Well, the last time I came, I believe you all were having, a, you were collecting funds. And I said I would take that back to the school because I tried to be a woman of my word. So with that being said, I am the principal of the Rosa Parks Elementary School. And we are very competitive at Rosa Parks, as you can see. <laughs> Nonetheless, we have a house system at Rosa Parks, and it is basically aligned with our character traits, wisdom, integrity, courage, optimism, and resilience. So we had a pennies wars, and with those funds, we were able to raise about $158 for First Alliance Church. Yes. Now that is significant because our students are always saying, what about me? But teaching them reciprocity and giving back is extremely important. So I present this to you. And just as far as the updates at Rosa Parks and what First Alliance um, sows into our organization, we continue with Wonderful Wednesdays. And really, that's about staff morale, keeping the staff up. And we are at a day where we need so much support as far as educators, because we're just in a different day as we see different behaviors. We're focusing on a culture of positivity so we also thank you for the pantry that's available to our educators once a month. Thank you. We need that. And the continuous prayers on Wednesday mornings. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of our organization. And the best is yet to come. Continue to pray for us as we really continue to focus on a culture of positivity. Because no matter what comes our way, no matter what is negative, we still have to be positive. So I pray for, and I encourage you to continue to pray for, a growth mindset for our educators, our students, our parents, and our community stakeholders. Thank you. I'm here at TC because my husband and I were looking for a really good place to send our children so they could hear about the Word of God just like we're teaching them at home. And Toledo Christian is the place that we found is the best for our family. As parents, we always want to do what's best for our children. And education is pivotal here in the United States. And as believers, it's important that what they're learning is beyond what math is, what the writing is, what the reading is. We want them to be well-rounded from not a worldly point of view, but from a godly and biblical worldview. Toledo Christian will ensure that that happens. I'm Dr. Scott Gibson. This is my 11th year at Toledo Christian Schools as a superintendent, and I love every minute of it. I'm here because I love to be in a culture that is flourishing with the student culture, the faculty culture, and the parent culture. 
It's been our mission and our goal to work with Christian families, provide a Bible-centered, Christ-centered education, where we educate, disciple, and prepare students to follow Christ and impact culture. We partner with the family as well as the local church, providing an outstanding, excellent education. My name is Isabella Correa, and I'm a senior at Toledo Christian. I've been involved with the Toledo Christian House Program, the National Honor Society, the Fine Arts Program, and also the soccer team. Toledo Christian offers opportunities for all the students. Some of the activities available to TCS students are an incredible sports program. You can be a part of the theater. You can also be involved with the Fine Arts Program. They offer many things, including ceramics, photography, and different types of advanced arts that really allow you to grow in your skills and your technical level. My name is Lucas Patterson and I'm a senior here at Toledo Christian. TC is a great place where you can combine those opportunities and academics with your walk with Christ in order to build a relationship with Him. And the teachers and the people here all encourage you to do that. When I come to school every day, I know I'll be surrounded by people who love and care about me and want to see me succeed and grow closer to Christ. My name is Dave Westmeyer, and I am the Spiritual Life Director here at Toledo Christian School. My absolute favorite thing that I've ever done in ministry is the house program. And what I love about house is that our students have great opportunities to lead. Bible class is where we learn about Jesus. House is where we learn to live like Jesus and to share that with each other. We use three words to describe house. Charity, unity, and community. Charity is really loving like Jesus. Unity is where we make our house a home. And community is where we go out and serve other people around us. I'm Sarah Anderson, and I am a biology teacher, and I'm the director of curriculum and instruction here at Toledo Christian. What I love the most about Toledo Christian is the welcoming community that embraced us as we moved here. My oldest was a junior. My youngest was in seventh grade and it was a hard move. And the boys came and they found a place and their people really quickly. And so um, that was, as a mom, that was a beautiful thing. We wanted a rigorous curriculum for our boys to be challenged. We knew when they went out into the world, they went to college, that they'd be prepared to meet all of the challenges that they were going to meet. I would say our curriculum is unique first and foremost because we have high expectations of our students. We introduce them to big ideas very early on. And we think kids are capable, given those opportunities, given the right guidance and shepherding by our teachers, that they're capable of doing big things. My name is Christine Rogers and I teach high school history and math at Toledo Christian. I also graduated from Toledo Christian and part of the class of 2000. At Toledo Christian, we understand that parents play an important role in their kids' life and the primary role of teaching and equipping their kids to grow and be grounded in the Word of God. And that we, as educators, get to have the opportunity to come alongside them and support them. If you're a parent considering sending your child to Toledo Christian, Toledo Christian's a great choice. We have great academics. We have a great spiritual foundation that filters itself all the way through all the academics that we do. And we really are truly one big family that not only cares about you, but cares about your entire family. We're so blessed to know that our son and our daughter are hearing the Word of God the way that we are teaching them. TC has really been a community that cares for me like family. At TC, we hope students are inspired to change the world. Parents, you have a choice in where you educate your child, and there is no better place than Toledo Christian. The thing that I love most about Toledo Christian is it really just feels like one big family.
Heather Taylor, and I am here on behalf of Toledo Christian this morning. Um, I'm the preschool director. I've been with the school for about 14 years. Um, my two children have been there since preschool, and I will graduate my oldest this May. Um, so we've been there our entire lives, and it's been really neat to be here this morning. This is my first time at your church. It's beautiful, by the way. Thank you um, for having us. Uh, to meet some of you who were there when the school started. And um, I can't imagine what it must be like to sit where you are and to see how far it's come. And so we can't thank you enough uh, for your continued support. But obviously, TC would not be TC if not for what you guys have done. So thank you so much. Um, I'm here because our preschool program is moving into what was Zion United Methodist Church there on the corner of Copeland and the trail. Um, you may or may not know, uh, our original plan was to be there this fall um, because of just a couple of hiccups and pivots. We're not quite there yet, but we are definitely working on it, learning to worship in the waiting. And um, I am noticing that a lot more often uh, God's delays are there for a reason and there for a purpose. And so I've been so encouraged because I'm not sure I would be as aware of the support in the surrounding communities if not for these delays. So we thank you so much for your continued prayers. Um, our hope is to be open in the new building as soon as um, January. Uh, so we would love for you to continue to pray for that. Um, if that is not what the Lord has, then we will open when he says we will open. Um, but our prayer for right now is, um, if you would join us, is to have us open in January. And I will be out there after the service if you have any questions on that. So thank you so much. I'm the board president for TUI, Garth Brittenham, and I just wanted to give you an update on some things that are going on. One, Olivia White um, has stepped down as our assistant director, and we want to thank her for all that she's done for the last year. We are blessed to have um, a previous assistant director, Vicki Gore, to come on as, as interim director, assistant director. Um, after five years of great work um, in theater and, and ministering to kids, um, Act Two has decided to dissolve. And so um, we want to thank Heather and, and Pastor Kurt for leading that ministry. and. Um, all the volunteers that did work over the course of those five years, so thank you. And then one of the other things I want to say is thank you for supporting um, the after-school club. Many of you guys supported um, financially some about seven students going to Beulah Beach this summer, and I had the privilege of picking them up most of the time. And to pick them up and see what God had did in their life was just awesome. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. So thank you. And this is Abby, our director. I'm glad that Garth decided to speak first because for some reason they decided to sing Victory in Jesus before I came up here. And all I could hear was my dad singing, but he probably would have told you to speed it up a little. I'm just saying. 
Um, I am Abby Segura. I'm the director of the After School Club. I grew up here at First Alliance Church. Um, it is my honor and joy to serve as the director. Um, we will be beginning club next week. Uh, we delayed the start a little bit um, because of all the moving that we had to do and the shuffling, and we'll be starting over in the Fellowship Hall at our new location. Um, so just a couple things I wanted to highlight this morning. Uh, Vicki and I are out front at the table. Um, we are currently looking for some more volunteers. Um, our biggest need is during the hour of homework help from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Um, we are looking for some high school junior or seniors um, or also any retirees or anyone who has some free time during that hour that could come help our kids with their homework assignments. Um, we also are in need of others to provide meals. Um, I think we are down to needing like 11 meals for um, the rest of this year and through December. So if that is something that you would be interested in providing, uh, we have a sign-up sheet out there um, and we can give you some more details on that. Um, and then lastly, we are accepting probably five to seven more kids um, for the school year. We had a few kids um, drop out this past year, so we have some space and some room for some new kids. So if you have a neighbor um, or if you know anyone in your community that you think they could really benefit from the after-school club, uh, we have some flyers out there that you could take one to them, um, and then our contact info is on there, and they can contact us. Um, lastly, I just want to say thank you. Um, First Alliance is by far our biggest supporter. We meet in your church facility, so obviously, um, just the graciousness of the building and even with all the moving, um, just being so gracious to still host us um, and just to continue to support the ministry. So thank you. For Science Church, it's so good to be here. My name is Savannah and I am going to do two things today. I'm going to give you a mission update on Bella Vida um, and I promise I'll get to that in a second. Um, and I'm also uh, going to use some time to encourage you this morning, although I don't think you need much of that because between a couple of kids raising money, man, come on. Like, that's what community is all about, that those kids saw the blessing that you are and that your generosity inspired those kids to be generous. I think that's so awesome, Principal. Thank you so much for sharing that. To the mission work that's being done, you guys, the organizations that are represented out through those doors are some of the most incredible organizations, not only here in our city, but these are people that are doing things that are just new and innovative. Our city is so, so blessed, um, and it, I'm honored to stand as a peer um, just among change agents here in our community. Uh, and I, I'm thankful to be able to be with you guys uh, this morning. You all hold such a special place in my heart. It feels like family every time that I'm here. And so thank you for the opportunity. So what is Bella Vida? You're like, you don't work for Bella Vida. You work for the Pregnancy Center. Um, so I'm so excited to share with you that um, while the Pregnancy Center is still very much a thriving part of our our ministry, that the growth that we have seen since 2017 because of people like you that are generous in your time and in your prayer and in your finances, 
um, that we've expanded. And you've heard me, you know, stand here and talk to you about Soul Purpose and the Haven, which I'm going to give you some cool, cool updates there. But last year, uh, we unveiled that we were adding a foundational organization that now houses uh, Soul Purpose, the Pregnancy Center, and the Haven. And Bella Vida was the name that, that we landed on. Uh, and that means beautiful life in Italian, which we felt like was such a cool representation of the work that's being done. Uh, and Bellavia was not a, a, a new name to us. We had actually renamed our ultrasound machine, a uh, brand new ultrasound machine, Bellavita, because it was supposed to take two months to get to us, and it took seven um, it was being shipped from Italy where it was designed, and uh, it got held up at customs, and so we had a little competition, and our volunteers named the ultrasound machine Beautiful Life, and what a great name for an ultrasound machine, right? Because it really is an instrument to show beautiful life, and when we sought the Lord on what do we name this new foundational organization, we said, really, this ministry is an instrument to show our community how beautiful life is. And the mission of Bella Vida is we believe in creating a world and a community where every life is valued and every life knows its worth. And I'm so thankful that I get to do that alongside of each of you. So let's talk about Soul Purpose. Soul Purpose is our campus outreach um, to women on college campuses across the nation. Um, we have six Soul Purpose chapters in five states. Um, and I am so excited that that number keeps going up every single year. And our desire is that we know if we can raise these women up in their value, worth, and identity in Jesus, not only will they not walk through the doors of an abortion facility, they won't walk through the doors of a pregnancy center either. But the Bible says in Psalm 119, how do the young stay on the path of purity? By living according to God's word. I'm so excited to share with you that on average across all of our campus, we have 24 women showing up for Bible study on college campuses across the country. It's remarkable. And at Bowling Green, um, our Bowling Green chapter, we have two students that here in a couple weeks are going to get baptized. So they've given their life to Jesus, and they have decided that they want to take that next step in their faith, and they're going to be baptized, which we're celebrating over at the Pregnancy Center, um, we are seeing more clients than ever before. We've had a 9% increase in women who are looking for an abortion walking through our doors. That is huge. Um, we are so excited that they're choosing to walk through our doors so that we can serve them. Um, speaking about, uh, about baptism, uh, we partner with the Tabernacle Church, a church like yours um, on the other side of town. And uh, they, every single week at the parenting classes, which we host at the Tabernacle, they highlight one of their services, and at the end of the um, class, they talked about baptism, which kind of freaked us out a little bit. That wasn't a typical message about something that the church does, and this uh, couple said, how do we get baptized? And three weeks ago, we had the privilege of joining with the Tabernacle Church to see some of our clients get baptized. We're declaring that this is the year of the baptism for Bella Vida. We want to see more clients come to Jesus and take that step in their faith. Over at the Haven, um, which is our after-abortion care location, you guys know this. We decided we're better to set up a place to show our community that God loves men and women after 
their abortion than right next door to the abortion facility. So we share a driveway with the abortion facility. Um, and we also believe that our mission there is to be the best neighbor, to love our neighbors as ourselves, as the scripture commands us to do. And it's been just a beautiful year. In fact, we have seen so many uh, clients over at the Haven. Now, if you'll remember back in 2017, we opened that up because we had been seeing 12 people a year. And people said, you don't open up a brand new location because you're serving 12 people a year. 132 people later this year, we've had to add an additional weekend because more people want to receive God's healing and forgiveness after their abortion. And uh, uh, last month, we've had the privilege to launch. This has been a dream in our heart for the last couple of years. Um, we have had the opportunity to launch our men's program over at the Haven because for every woman that has been affected by an abortion, there is a man, a father. And so we started um, ARM, which is abortion recovery for men. And we are so excited to begin to serve men in our community, fathers in our community. Um, I did talk to Pastor Kirk uh, this week, and um, he also um, encouraged that I talk to you guys about a uh, little election that's coming up here in the state of Ohio. Um, and I want to first start off by saying I don't care what elephant or donkey you identify with. The thing that I say is, like, right wing, left wing, the whole bird is sick at this point, right? That, that I'm not here to convince you to be a part of a political party or to change a political party. Um, I'm here to encourage you that there are moments in our time where certain issues rise above party politics. And we are win, in one of those hours right now. And so the elections are, are uh, open, the polls are open here in the state of Ohio. They opened up last week. And we're um, confronted with a question as Ohioans. And that question is, um, do we add the right to an abortion into the state constitution? And look, I'm not here. We cannot argue the semantics of abortion. I think not only do you want to have lunch today, you also want to have dinner. And I think you want to go to work tomorrow and the next day. <laughs> and we would not even scratch the surface on the theology and the cultural semantics around the topic of abortion. And so I'm not even here to engage in a conversation about the overarching complications of abortion and the sanctity of human life. But I am here to tell you and to encourage you to join me in voting um, no on issue one. Because <laughs> we'll take that enthusiasm to the polls, will ya? <laughs> And listen, at this point, it just goes too far. It just goes too far. That it, it allows abortion up through all nine months. It strips our parents of important choices that they need to be involved in with the lives of their children. I could stand here for the next two hours and talk to you about 16-year-olds that are buying abortion pills online and screwing up taking the medication because they're making an adult decision at 16 years old. And that, what, that is what this opens the floodgates to. It's just too far. But the last thing, as, as a director 
of a pregnancy center and as someone who helps to represent the 123 pregnancy centers here in the state of Ohio, the thing that is most concerning to me is that the language of this amendment blows open the door for pregnancy centers across our state to be shut down. And so I'm asking you two, three things. First of all, would you pray? Here in the state of Ohio, our motto is with God all things are possible. And it, it doesn't look good, um, but we serve a big God. And we just sang about his miracle working power. And our voice needs to be just as present in the prayer closet as it does in the polls. And so would you join me in praying um, for our great state? Number two, will you vote? And please don't throw rocks at me, but I'm also going to encourage you to vote early. Um, I grew up in a home where my dad and I had a competition of who would get to the polls uh, on election day the earliest. Um, and I, I won the last time, for the record. Um, and so I come from a family that has uh, valued the privilege of voting on election day. I'm so thankful to be raised in a home where my parents um, communicated the, the value and the sacrifice that people made for me, especially as a woman, to be able to walk in and to exercise my right to vote. Uh, but friends, voting early helps. I and mean, I don't have time to go into all of the semantics, so I'm just asking you to trust me. Um, it's super easy to do that. You can go to the Board of Elections, and instead of standing in line for 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, it took me four minutes last week. And so not only does it help the cause, it also might save you a little bit of time. Uh, the last thing, again, I'll say is um, please join me in praying and showing up and voting no on issue one. All right, I have been given the um, duty. Oh, I do need to just share with you really quickly a couple ways that you guys can get engaged. The big one, um, we are in need of um, pull-ups, size three and fours. Uh, super simple way to do that. If you go to our table at the end of service and grab this little sheet of paper, there is a QR code that you can scan. It takes you to Amazon. You're gonna put those diapers in your Amazon cart next to all the other things that you're putting into your Amazon cart. And um, you, th they'll be sent right to the center. You don't have to go pick them up at Costco. You don't have to drop them off at our location. They just show up. So um, threes, fours, pull-ups um, are a huge way to support the ministry right now. All right, so I have been commissioned to spend the last couple of minutes with you guys um, giving you some encouragement, and this is something that the Lord has really been speaking into my own heart right now, and I'm excited to just dive into this message of what does it look, for, look like for us to live upright in a sideways world, right? How many of you feel like we're living in a bit of a sideways world right now? Like, it feels a little intense. Um, but, but there's a way um, that we as believers can live upright in a, in a world that's just turning sideways. And I want to leave you guys with three keys today that I believe are vital to living upright in a sideways world. And the first one is, is that we have to stand on the Word of God. We have to stand on truth. If you read the uh, statistics for uh, uh, George Barna, which does a lot of research into biblical worldview in the church, they um, are citing 
that 40% of pastors that stand in a pulpit on a Sunday morning do not believe that the Bible is the inherent word of God. 40% of people that are standing on the platform believe that what is in the Holy Scriptures is debatable. Friends, we need to fall in love with the word of Jesus like never before. We have to understand that our ways are much lower than his ways, that his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And the scripture isn't something meant to bend to our lives, but our lives are commanded to be bent to the scriptures. And there is actually a joy in the surrendering. We live in a world that is so bent on intellect and knowledge that we've actually made an idol out of intellectualism. And reality is, and I think this is why Jesus says, like little children, we should come to him. Because there is joy, my friends. There is joy in surrendering our minds to go, God, I don't understand I don't understand your word. You know, let's make this really real. Like right now, there's, there's a conflict that's going on in the Middle East. And there are, there are moments this past week where I've just been overcome going, I don't understand it. It's so complex. There's so much going on. But I do see that there's a command to pray to pray. And so, Jesus, I'm going to give up my right to understand, to intellectually be able to process this, and I'm going to pray like you've commanded me to pray. Friends, not only must we believe in the Word of God, we have to stand on it. We are in an hour where I think we've been able to kind of like scoot around (laughs) some biblical truths like you know, go to, go to family dinner and you don't talk about what? Religion and politics. But we are in an hour, and I think it's by the mercy of God where he's drawing lines in the sand. And it's not because, um, you know, Jesus wants to make our lives difficult. It's because he knows the blessing and the belief in the outward representation that God is who he says that he is. And his statutes are good and right and just. He didn't give us that book to give us a bunch of laws and to throw the, the book at us. He gave us that book because he understood that there was a way of living that was good and right and would produce every blessing that he desired. That's what fathers do, right? You protect your children because you want them to have every blessing that you desire for them. How much more our Father in heaven. We have to stand on the word of God. And friends, if you have not already done so, it is time for us to count the costs and to find ourselves worthy to be able to carry his word and to stand on the truth of the gospel. And we get so bogged down in fighting people that we have to understand that Ephesians says that our, our wrestle isn't against flesh and blood. We've got to stop looking at people as the enemy. There are principalities. And while we're so busy fighting people on social media and over the dinner table, there are principalities that are raging in our region and in our country. And who are those that would go into the secret place and would war there, not on social media, but on their faces before Jesus? and war against principalities. 
We weren't meant to walk on the ground. We were meant to soar with our Father. Ephesians go on to say, after you've put on the whole armor of God, stand. We've got to firmly plant our feet on the word of God. Number two, the way for us to live upright in a sideways world is to divorce ourselves from the kingdom of noise. This is a phrase that C.S. Lewis coined. He talks about in, in screw tape letters, divorcing ourselves from the kingdom of noise. You guys, we live in a noisy world that is saying a lot of things right now, but our scriptures say in Isaiah that God commands this, that in quietness, and in solitude that we would find our salvation and in rest is our repentance and in quietness is our salvation. We have got to step outside of the kingdom of noise. You got to turn down whatever podcast, whatever teaching, whatever news station that you're listening to and begin to tune your ear to heaven. And I've heard a lot of people talk about this as a, as a um, idea but this isn't an idea, it's a command that we actually have to practice quietness. And I would encourage you, if you right now do not have an active habit of solitude built into your rhythms of, of reading the scripture, you must do that. That we have become so dull to hearing the voice of our God, the very voice that we're recreated to hear. And we're running to every news source, to every blog, to every podcast to tell us how to live our lives. We're running to our friends and our family for advice. And if we would just quiet ourselves to the one who has every answer, we need to be able to hear his voice like never before the last key to living upright in a sideways world is this. We have to become less so that he can become more. About a week ago, I was um, worshiping the Lord, and I heard the Holy Spirit so clearly say to me that the fruit of the Spirit is not a checklist the fruit of the Spirit is not a checklist, it's an overflow. And I flipped my Bible open to Galatians, and I read something that I had missed in every other uh, time that I, have, I had read it, and it was, it says this in Galatians, that this is the fruit that the Spirit produces. This is the fruit that the Spirit produces. We don't have anything inside of us that can produce the fruit of the Spirit. We can't muster that up enough, and here's how I'll prove it. That time that you were driving down the road, and you were running five minutes late for work, and somebody cut you off and was driving 10 under. That was neither patience or kindness or gentleness or self-control. It surely wasn't long-suffering. It's in those moments where like you just came out of the prayer closet and you feel so close to Jesus and then your spouse says something about the way that you loaded the dishwasher and all of a sudden it's like you haven't read the Bible in 10 years. <laughs> I load the dishwasher correctly. 
but I'm really thankful when he does it, even when he does it wrong. But that's how I know that we in and of ourselves don't produce the fruit because in those moments where we bump up against our flesh, this is why Paul says, why do I do the things that I wish that I wouldn't do, right? That the fruit of the Spirit isn't something that we can muster up. It's not a checklist. Friends, the fruit of the Spirit is something that the Spirit produces, and we don't need to do more. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist in John 3, 27, um, his disciples come to him and they're like, hey, and this is my paraphrase. They're like, hey, dude, um, that guy over there on the other side of the river, Jesus of Nazareth, he's baptizing more people than you. And you are the one who has been baptizing people. So we think that you need to go over there and tell that Jesus guy to knock it off. And John looks at his disciples and he starts to talk about a wedding. And he says, it's the bridegroom who has the bride. And then he starts talking about the friend of the bridegroom. And he says, whose voice of the bridegroom I hear and my joy is made complete. That goes back to divorcing ourselves from the kingdom of noise. That our lives were meant to hear the voice of the bridegroom. And then he says this sentence, connected to listening to the voice of the bridegroom, he says, and I must decrease so that he must increase. Friends, we're not just trying to survive a sideways world. We are trying to bring revival. And revival simply means this. It is the restoration of the goodness that God intended. It's the restoration of the goodness that God intended. We're not sitting around on our feet hoping it doesn't get any, any worse than it already is. No, living in a sideways world as an upright person means we are actively trying to return the world to upright. And we can do that by standing on the truth, by being courageous to speak truth to the people around us. They are perishing and they need to know the Jesus that loves them and desires to save them. We have to uh, divorce ourselves from the kingdom of noise and to step into a place where we can hear the voice of God like never before and be filled with the Holy Spirit who produces good work. And I don't know about you, but I want to be somebody that is so filled with the Holy Spirit that when I encounter a situation that needs peace, that I can take the fruit of peace off of the tree of peace in my life and hand it to that situation, hand it to that person. That when I need to be patient to show the world that we serve a God who is patient and kind, 
that I can pull off that fruit and hand it to the people around me who are starving to know that there is a kingdom that they can live in that is not like the kingdom of this world. I am not intimidated by a sideways world. I count it joy that I get to live upright in a sideways world to represent Jesus to those who are beginning to feel the ache Come on, friends, I'm excited. We're living in a world where people are feeling the pressure on their finances. They're feeling the pressures on their family. They're feeling the pressures in their work environment. They're watching the same news that you and I are doing, but they don't have the God of hope and peace that you and I have. And what an hour, what an hour for us to be in that we get to be the light to those who are in darkness. He said that when the enemy came in like a flood, that he would raise a standard. That standard is you and I. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you could have chosen us to live in any age and in any day, but you chose us to live here in this hour God, and I pray that you would teach us how to trust your word. Jesus, you exemplified the model of standing on the scriptures and using it to defeat the evil one. God, and we repent for trying to logic our way out of the scriptures that, that you created our mind, but when we allow our mind to become God, and intellect, God, teach us how to trust you the way a child trusts, that everything that you say is good. God, we reject the notion that anything in the scripture is not good. God, I pray that we would begin to divorce ourselves from the kingdom of noise. God, I pray that you would give us the discipline of quiet in solitude, that we're so busy running around to fill the void in our life through noise and entertainment and relationships and everything else, but that void was only meant to be filled by you. And God, I thank you that in the quiet and then the solitude that we find you and that you fill us. Oh God, and we choose to decrease that you might increase. God, I pray that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit like never before. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would baptize them in the Holy Spirit, that you would fill them up to overflow and that it would splash around, God, everywhere that they are, that it would splash around the classrooms that they're in, that it would splash around their jobs, that it would splash around their families and their neighborhoods. God, we want to see revival in our city. We want to see revival in our state and revival in our country. God, we ask that you would come and that you would restore all things. And we say, God, start with us and use us. In Jesus' name, amen.